welcome to the Dietitian Connection podcast, a show about nutrition, dietitians, and their success stories. This podcast, hosted by Kate Agnew and Marie Ferguson, will empower you to realize your professional dreams by giving you access to our global community of dietitians. Through our conversations with nutrition leaders, we'll educate you, inspire you, and help you create more impact as a dietitian. My name's Marie Ferguson and I'm the director and founder of Dietitian Connection and I'd like to begin today by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and I'd also like to pay my respects to elders past and present. And it's my great pleasure today to be welcoming two special guests, Sally McRae and Luke Mangan. We're going to be chatting about Australia's first celebrity chef hospital menu, which I'm so excited to delve into. And together, Sally and Luke are really changing the face of hospital food. And I think this is something that we've needed for quite some time. And I'm excited that we've, um, Sally and Luke have been able to take the first step and hopefully other hospitals will be able to follow. Sally McRae is the Director of Dietetics and Food Services at MARTA Group in Brisbane, Australia. And Luke Mangan probably needs no introduction. Luke is the leading Australian restaurateur and chef. His influence on the food and wine industry can be found on the carriages of the Eastern Oriental Express at sea on P&O Cruises and on TV as a Coles Supermarket Ambassador and most recently partnered with the Marta Group to bring healthy, high-quality restaurant food to patients. So welcome and thanks so much for joining me today, Sally and Luke. Sally, uh, if you could tell us about your um, background to Marta's innovation in healthcare food service um, and the Marta-Luke Mangan partnership and what you were really wanting to achieve through this and how did it all come about? Yeah, thanks for having us, Marie. Um, it's great to be here. So in 2013, we were the first hospital in Australia that introduced room service as a food service model. Uh, and what we found with that was when patients could order what they feel like eating when they feel like it uh, from an a la carte style menu, that um, we had significant improvements in their outcomes, particularly their nutritional intake. <laughs> and uh, they really enjoyed it, had very, very um, great increases in patient satisfaction we saw a reduction in waste and we saw a subsequent reduction in food costs. Uh, and so uh, following that, there was a lot of interest in room service around Australia and several hospitals have implemented that since then. And so I guess from there, we wanted to see what else we could do in that innovative space, take it to the next level and stay in front of the pack in terms of being leaders in this space. Uh, and so we were really interested in working with a, um, I know Luke doesn't like the word celebrity, but a celebrity chef um, and uh, had known about Luke. Uh, and his background and his experience not only running successful restaurants uh, in Australia and overseas, but also, as you've mentioned, his success in what can be quite challenging uh, food service arenas, um, planes, trains, uh, boats. Um, and so thought if he could uh, manage to work in those environments, providing really high-quality food, that business-class-style food, in those challenging environments, we thought maybe you'd like to come and work with us and, and do the same sort of thing with us. And so that's the background to it. And at the beginning of this year, we were the first hospital in the country to partner with a celebrity chef uh, to introduce restaurant-style uh, menus to our patients. I can't wait to visit some of your other um, restaurants across. When we can travel again, Luke, on the P&O cruises, and I still want to do the Eastern Oriental Express, but can you tell us why you wanted to move into the healthcare space and why the MARTA? Well, firstly, thanks for having me as well. Um, initially, um, I, I, it, it wasn't something I jumped on board with. I thought, gee, do we want to be 
putting our brand and our uh, have our presence involved with with hospital food because it had such a a, a bad rap. And um, once I met Sally and 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 discussed her vision and understood her vision, I went went away and really thought, wow, we can actually make a difference here and and, and be creative and and maybe uh, set a path for others to follow um, around the country and if not around the world. Um, because the vision was, and Sally had a clear vision that, you know, she's one of the best dietitians in this country. And um, to work alongside that team, not only do I, I learn a lot along the way, but we can make a difference. And together, we, we and, and the team at the Marta, um, Aman, the, the executive chef at the hospital, um, is brilliant. He's come on board and we all work well together as a team. And I think if you know, in a team, when all want the same thing, it's going to go really well. And I think uh, that's what we've done together. And, and uh, it's worked. And and it's something that I'm proud of to be involved with. And, and, and it's easy. The only things I don't like about Sally sometimes is she tells me to take out some salt and sugar of my recipes. Um, not that there's that much salt and sugar that needs to come out, but um, I get it. And, and that's good. So, um, you know. It's true, I do. That, <laughs> Uh, apart, apart from that, it's a fantastic relationship and, and we're making a difference. Yeah, and I know uh, Sally's had this vision for quite some time and she and I have chatted over many, many years, so it's it's lovely to see that in the fruition um, of the work, the partnership that you've got. Um, Luke, so w- what does the Luke Mangan menu rollout uh, at the model look like? What have you done so far? Well, I mean, we're, we're really focusing on healthy, clean light food i guess and and these are dishes that you can actually have in our restaurants um even on board cruise ships and things like that so what we haven't done and and it's something i wouldn't do is is change what we do and and our food was always sort of clean light and healthy anyway in our restaurants um and then we had sally's touch which is fantastic and, and makes it even better so you know, it, it can be one one of my favourite desserts that I've run in my restaurants is is balsamic poached berries with a, a lemon mascarpone, and Sally let me put it on the menu, so that was one great thing. Um, you know, so it, it it varies from vegetarian style food to to chicken, fish, and and, and meat, etc. And and now we're sort of working closely on plant based food as well. So it's it's a variety of of fresh, and it, you know, the beauty of it is it's cooked to order. And it's it's real food that that we, we're sourcing. We're working with suppliers and things like that. And one thing I want to do, and I'm going to make sure it happens in my tenure with Sally, that we have a herb garden on the roof of that hospital or somewhere in that hospital, or and and fruit and veg. So um, there's many things we can do. And I just think that's incredible. Um... And Sally, in terms of the latest menu initiative, how has that been received from your clients, your customers? Yeah, um, our latest menu uh, initiative has been, as Luke said, a plant-focused menu. So it's not vegetarian, but it's plant-focused, focusing on um, fresh, uh, clean, whole foods. As Luke said, um, 50% of the options are vegetarian or vegan, um, and it's been really well received. It was partly driven by, um, you know, there's a greater popularity for these sorts of diets out there. And we were getting a lot of requests um, and feedback from our patients for more vegetarian and vegan options on the menu. Um, so we take patient feedback very seriously. We do it uh, very regularly. Um, we look at that feedback monthly, at what patients like, what they don't like, um, what they're saying to us, what they're telling us, which I think is really important. Um, 
and we were also simultaneously seeing out there um, in the community that there was a um, greater um, following of plant-based, plant-focused menus. Uh, We also looked to the US, um, who are the leaders in this space where the room service model originated, uh, and they were, you know, we were seeing that um, happen over there too, that plant-focused menu movement. So that's been the focus of this meeting. It's been really well received, particularly by those who are, as I said, not necessarily vegetarian or vegan, but are looking for more options um, that are plant-focused, plant-based. Um, but we also have, a, as Luke said, a broad range of um, options for the meat eaters. Uh, and we've got quail on the menu. First time I've ever seen quail on a hospital menu in my 24 years as a hospital dietitian. <laughs> uh, prawns on the menu. Um, so things that you would never typically see on a hospital menu. And when I talk to um, friends and colleagues about it, um, you know, they're just astounded that those sorts of items will be on a hospital menu. Yeah. And as we're recording this, it's just before lunchtime. So you're making me very hungry with all these menu options. And Luke, I'm following your Instagram and I wish I was in Sydney so we could partake in your uh, your takeaway, your delivery options. Yeah, um, well, in fact, we're going to hopefully expand to Brisbane soon with that. Oh, yay. Awesome. That is very good press. news. Yeah. I'll just keep uh, Sally, Sally out of the menu design. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Luke, so how have you well, you'll, take, you'll take all the good things out, Sal. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know I won't. You know I won't. <laughs> Maybe the portion sizes. Yeah, portion size. There we go. Everything in moderation. Um, Luke, so how have you found working in the healthcare sector? It's obviously potentially been a little bit different to the restaurants that you're used to working in other sectors, trains, planes, automobiles. Um, <laughs> yeah, how have you found working in the hospital setting? Uh, no different from what we do in our restaurants. It's and, and that's the beauty of it, and I think that's why it, it works because uh, the whole team at the Marta Brisbane are, are, are um, involved and, and, and want to be involved and support it. And uh, as I said, it, it's it's pick the fresh produce, cook it, and serve it, and that's uh, what we do in our restaurants and everywhere else. And and that's the beauty of it, I think. Um, and and it, it's not food that's, you know, sitting in Bay Marie's or, or hot ovens, et cetera, et cetera, um, in the hospital food I've seen. The, the MARTA, before we got there, I thought was doing a fantastic job before I got there anyway. Um, and I think we've what we've been able to do with, with Sally's help and, and Amar, the executive chef, is take it even further up, up the ladder to make it even more special. So, um, you know, they were doing a great job. And, and, and it's just even better now. And did you find any challenges along the way? What, what's been the most challenging aspect of working in the healthcare environment or the with, hospital menu w- for you? W- working, working with Sally. That was a predictable <laughs> answer, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> She's so difficult. <laughs> no, look, look there's, no, there's been no challenges, um, to be honest. It's um, very, you know, just adjusting things that we may do in the restaurant, you know, as, as I said before, Sally may say, you know, let's make this portion a little bit smaller or remove some salt, remove some sugar. Um, and I get that and that's good. And then, in fact, once we've made those changes to those recipes, they're going to stay the way we will serve them in the restaurants as well because it doesn't really affect the end product with the less sugar or the less salt. It, it actually makes it even better. So I, I'm happy with that. And had you worked with dietitians before, Luke? No, no, I haven't. I've uh, Sally, Sally says I need to because I don't have the greatest diet when I work. But uh, uh, 
No, but look, to, to be honest, I, uh, Sally picked up on an article I was involved in a couple of weeks ago that, you know, I eat cheese and when I get home late at night and blah, 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 which I do, but I don't do that all the time. But I like to think that I eat pretty healthy anyway. You know, if, if I'm cooking at home, it'll be a steamed bit of fish with, with green veggies and um, or, or if it's something very simple. One thing, you know, about 10, 10 years ago, I was about 12 kilo heavier and um, – you know, I'd go to a restaurant and eat entree main dessert. And at home, I'd have bread, entree, main. <laughs> but now, and and I've learned that um, portion, and Sally's so right, portion size is so important. Um, I would eat, we'd cook a 200-gram a steak here at home and, and share it with some green veggies, and that's our dinner. So it's it's pretty cool. And, and yeah, so I, I really enjoy it. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about how dietitians and chefs can um, work, collaborate um, together. But Sally, before we do that, how has it been working? It's your chance to get back at Luke now. <laughs> That's right. How has it been working with a high-profile celebrity chef? And have oh, you faced any challenges? Here we go. <laughs> Brace yourself, Luke. <laughs> well, before I answer that question, I'd just like to pick up on something Luke said. He did post one of his uh, evening meals on Instagram and I merely offered some friendly you know, colleague advice, and you might want to see a dietitian um, <laughs> if he hasn't already. So uh, I was just trying to be helpful, you know, and supportive. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been fantastic working with Luke. He's, um, I think, uh, as you said, he hadn't worked with dietitians, he hadn't worked in healthcare before. So I think one of the biggest things was, um, you know, communicating the restrictions for those who have worked in, in hospitals, in the food service, the restrictions we have in terms of menu standards. When we're designing a menu, we have to adhere to certain menu standards. And we have a lot of different uh, therapeutic diets. Um, and I know in the restaurants and in planes and trains, et cetera, the, where Luke's work, there's um, obviously diets that they have to take consideration of, you know, gluten-free, often vegetarian, that sort of thing. But uh, it sort of takes it to the next level in the hospital environment. We have, you know, on average about 86 different diets that we have to cater to in this setting, uh, and that's before you get into combinations of diets. So... It can be very complicated, um, and so I guess it was just helping Luke understand that uh, and what we were the restrictions and the standards we were dealing with in terms of menu design. But it wasn't really challenging because he's been uh, you know, incredibly supportive of that, hasn't really questioned it, hasn't you know um, made any comments on it. Just you know, despite despite the rhetoric today, um, <laughs> you know, really supportive and really interested in understanding that environment and the and the barriers. And I think that's one of the great things we've found working with Luke is that he's obviously come across a lot of barriers um, when he's worked in other environments um, and he just sort of takes them head on and says, well, let's just work together to solve them. So, you know, it's it's never been difficult when we've had to go back and forward with recipes, you know, cutting a little bit of this or a little bit of that out. It, it's not, you know, it's not been difficult at all. He's been really supportive in that and just offers, you know, possible solutions and works with yeah. us in that way. Mm. I think that, and that, that goes back to why, why it works, I think, because um, what, what would be the point? You know, chefs can be very difficult creatures, by the way. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 you know, it, it would never work if I challenged Sally or Aman, um, you know, because it's not all about my ego as a chef. It's all about making the best possible food for the customer or, or the patient, as we say. But, um, yeah, the, and it wouldn't work if, if I challenged that. So it needs to um, work and we, need, we do work together, which is great. Mm. I'm just thinking back to my hospital days, Sally, where, you know, if you've got someone who's 
gluten-free, allergic to seafood, allergic to X, Y, Z, and, you know, all that they can end up with the menus that we had, you know, might be potato on the plate, for example. So Mm. how did you go about, you know, you talked about 86 different diet combinations. How did you go about the menu development process Mm. and working through that with your team and and Luke? Yeah, so it's quite a uh, long process, um, but we've, you know, done it a couple of times now, so I think it's getting quicker (laughs) and easier. Um, And it was a learning experience from the beginning too. We'd never worked with a celebrity chef, you know, Luke never worked in healthcare, so there was a bit of you know, understanding each other's drivers and barriers, et cetera. Um, so what we normally do is start off with, a, um, you know, either a theme or a direction that we want to go in. As we said, this time we were looking at a plant-focused uh, menu um, for the health because that was, uh, you know, being asked of us, but also for the health benefits. We know from the research that, um, you know, plant-focused diet can um, help with the gut microbiome, can help build the immune system, which is important, particularly at the moment. Um, and can be um, protective and lower the risk of certain chronic diseases and some cancers. So um, we like to think that research underpins all that we do here at the MATA. We're very evidence-based focus. So we usually start off with a, a theme or a direction that we'd like to take it in. We go to Luke with that and ask for, um, you know, a certain number of recipes and menus here um, rotate on a four-week basis. So we have four mains, four entrees, four desserts, uh, and he comes back with some suggested recipes. Uh, and then we work um, with Aman, who is, as Luke said, our exec chef here. He's an excellent chef, um, very talented. He's doing great things here um, for a number of years when we implemented room service. Um, and then he works very closely with our clinical food service dietitian. Uh, and usually what they do is look at the recipes, the first cut, and she um, is also excellent uh, and usually runs right and can tell if a recipe is not going to work for a lot of our diets. We try, obviously we can't meet all of our diet requirements, having 86, but we try to meet the top diets and the most common diets, so the heart healthy, the diabetes, um, gluten-free, vegetarian, those sorts of diets. Um, So she can usually see very quickly if if a recipe is not going to be suitable. And so we won't spend too much time on those. We'll either go back to look for more recipes or we'll, you know, he's usually given us quite a number of recipes to start with. And then Aman works from a production point of view with his team. Uh, and looks at what can, um, how they produce it in our setting for the volume of patients that we have, et cetera. Uh, and then we'll run it through um, our menu compliance system. So we've got a very sophisticated um, menu software here, uh, which analyzes all our recipes, all our ingredients, and we set compliance against all our diets, every single ingredient, every single recipe, which would be not uncommon in hospitals if they have an electronic menu management system. And that's when we start to go back and forward with Luke. So um, we try to tinker with, um, as you said, sometimes the sodium, sometimes saturated fat, um, sometimes the carb, just depends what we're, what we're dealing with. And we work back and forward uh, with Luke. Um, it's been quite difficult with COVID because Luke's in Sydney and we're, we're in Brisbane, so a lot of that's been virtual. Uh, so a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, a bit of FaceTime. Um, until we're ready. Um, so we'll send the recipes down to him. I think, Luke, you could probably chime in here whether you test them, you make them down there, make sure that they're okay. Mm. Um, and then we'll do a plate-up session. And this this latest one, the plate-up session, was all done via FaceTime. So, again, it's very accommodating <laughs> working with us. We plate them all up here for a visual appearance. Last time we were lucky enough to have him up here on site looking, looking tasting, et cetera. So, Luke, do you want to add anything from your end, how that process happens? Yeah, no, you. I think you've covered it, and you know, it's a first for us to do the the virtual tasting, and first for me, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> um, what you know, as you said, when when Aman's 
played with the recipes when you both have. Um, we, we, we cook them up down here as well and, and um, make sure that they're, they're, they're to what they should be. And uh, Aman now sort of gets our plating style, uh, and, you know, because food is all about not just taste, uh, visual first for, is, is very important. And, um, and then, then the taste, obviously, on my side so and, and it works really well so we're, we're, we're happy with that yeah um, but mm. I look forward to be able to come up and do our next tasting soon mm. and sometimes it's just a little tinkering at the end there you know they'll say maybe yeah this is a garnish a little bit of that as you said it's um, you know it's very much a visual exercise as well people eat with their eyes and particularly if they're not particularly you know that well and they're in hospital um, we look for things that are visually appealing as well um, mm. and and played up well and can travel and again, you know, Luke would be used to this in his other um, areas, planes and trains, et cetera. But as you would know, Marie, when you're plating up in the hospital environment, you're sending food on trolleys, for sort of, and we've got quite a spread out campus here at the Mata. They can go quite a distance up and down, you know, ramps and in elevators, et cetera. So it's got to be able to arrive at the patient the same way it leaves the kitchen. So Amman's very good at looking at that and working with Luke in terms of that presentation style and what will work and won't work in that regard. Mm. And just for our listeners, like the time period from when you, you know, start to think you're going to have a new plant-based menu to actual launch, can you give us an idea of how long that process takes? Three years. (laughs) (laughs) It's taken a little bit longer because of this little thing called COVID, unfortunately. Um, So we sort of signed, you know, the partnership agreed, made the partnership agreement in late 2019. And then, of course, you know, COVID hit. So that first menu rollout took much longer than it would have ordinarily Um, but in some ways looking back I think it wasn't such a bad thing because it sort of gave us the time to really you know build the relationship build the collaboration understand you know each other's environments and backgrounds and um, you know build that collaboration so we weren't pressured for time. Uh, This latest one has been much quicker I think but again um, you know hampered by lockdowns and border lockdown, so haven't been able to get Luke up here, which is different to the first rollout, um, mm. the first couple. Uh, and then we're planning another one, um, next one probably around Christmas, just before Christmas for a summer one. Uh, and I think we get quicker and quicker now that we've got our sort of methodology down pat. We know how each other works. Luke knows how we work up here. Um, yeah, it, it gets easier and easier. So the first one was certainly the hardest, but um, hopefully it's getting quicker and hopefully we'll turn them around you know, as I said, we're starting to plan the next one now and it'll be out before Christmas. So that's a pretty quick turnaround, I hope. That is a quick turnaround. <laughs> and Luke, what would be your advice to other chefs, you know, who might want to get into the healthcare or working in a hospital uh, arena? What would be your advice to them? Well, I think you've just got to have an open mind and, and uh, uh, you know, bring bring the team. You've got to make sure that the team that you're going to work with are, are on board, you know, that, that we're all after that same sort of, uh, vision um, and uh, you know you, you, you've got to be adaptable and I think sometimes chefs and especially in the past and even myself uh, in the past w- wasn't it able to adapt things and I think uh, to be able to do the things we've done in our company to put food in airplanes and planes and cruise ships and things like that you have to adapt and and uh, so a message to any young chef would be you've got to be adaptable and it's not just about your food. It's, it's, it's about the whole experience of it and how it's delivered. And, and, and you've got to remember why you're involved with whatever it is you're doing. 
Yeah, and I think that's what we have co- in common. I think chefs and dietitians, we're both customer focused, just mm. maybe coming at it from different perspectives. But at the end of the day, it's, you know, a quality experience for the customer. Yeah. And Sally, what about you? What would be your advice to other dietitians who might want to follow down your path? Um, you know, how can they make a difference in their in their menu offering? Yeah, just do it is my advice. <laughs> um, you know, so many people think it's such a hard thing to do and put up so many barriers, but, um, you know, it's, I'm not saying it's easy and it's simple, but it's, it's so achievable. Um, and if they're really passionate about it, um, you know, and, and collaborate with chefs, you know, so often I see, and I have, and Marie, you would have worked in it too. I've worked in environments where, you know, chefs and dietitians just go head to head nonstop and it's, so unpleasant and it's so unnecessary and it's so futile to me. As you said, we're all working um, for the same end goal and that's to provide, you know, good quality, healthy uh, restaurant style, you know, nutrition to patients who need it. Um, I think it just comes down to understanding the barriers um, of each, each side and the drivers from each side. And I think, you know, if I can betray my own profession a little bit at the moment, I think dietitians have a bit of a tendency to really focus um, on the nutrition, which is a great thing, but they do need to understand um, the drivers from the the production, the kitchen side of things. Uh, And unless you've probably spent time in kitchens or you've worked in kitchens, um, sometimes I think dietitians find that difficult to understand. The food service budget for a hospital usually sits with, you know, the food service team. Uh, so they're very aware of budget and, and cost constraints, et cetera, and that seems to be one of the main barriers. So I think uh, my advice to dietitians would be if they haven't spent time in the kitchen, spend time in the kitchen. Um, yeah, and I think that's in. why you're, you, you, it all works so well up there because, you you know, your relationship with the chef and, and, and mm-hmm. the understanding of how they've got to work and their demands and things, that, that it really shows that you two work together and it, it, mm-hmm. it comes together, and I think that's really good. Yeah, and I think, you know, I've spent in a former life, spent my fair share of time in, you know, hotel kitchens and restaurant kitchens, et cetera, and I've always loved working with chefs. I just think, you know, they're so talented and have a passion for food when we're all, um, you know, bound together by that same passion for food. So I think, yeah, my advice to dietitians would be to um, start to collaborate with chefs and understand how they work and spend time with them and see how they work and what their drivers are and, and their barriers and food service managers for that matter in hospitals, you know, they're the ones that hold the budget keys. And uh, and in my previous, um, you know, unpleasant experiences in that environment, that's been the main source of tension. Dietitians are just trying to provide good, you know, high quality food, but there's always cost constraints. So understanding how you can, you know, meet both those needs is, is important, which is why room service works so well, because we've seen such great reductions in waste and subsequent reductions in food costs. And we've been able to reinvest those in, you know, better patient experience, which has been, you know, most satisfying from my point of view. Yeah. And Sally, you know, one of my missions has been for quite some time and we actually had you speak a couple of years ago, Luke, at one of our events is really to try to um, allow dietitians to to have better relationships with um, food service and, and chefs so that we can actually have a positive impact for our customers. Mm. Luke, do you have any thoughts on how dietitians can best work with chefs? No, I think I think what we've done and what Sally does is is it, it's just complements each other and and uh, uh, chefs, um, as I said before, can be very difficult characters, as dietitians can be very difficult characters. <laughs> no, uh, but but uh, it, it just comes back to wanting the same thing, I guess, and and uh, 
having that understanding of why we are doing what we're doing. Um, not we're not just doing it for the sake of it. We're doing it to achieve something here. So I think both sides need to be flexible and. And that's like any partnership, really, whether it's not food and dietitian related, it's any business partnership or whatever it may be, um, you know, and communication is key. And Sally and I are on the phone probably twice a week and, uh, you know, talking about different things. And I'm on the phone to Oman a lot as well. And and that's not even when menu planning is happening. It's, 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 it's just on other things as well. So communication is a key to success, they say, and, mm. and it's working really well with us at the moment. Mm. Yeah, and I'd agree with that. And I think it's also having that trust. So being able to have really robust conversations and communication and express the barriers for each side and um, and be able to, you know, work through that and, and understand understand each other. So trust and communication, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm, I was going to say, is there any other tips that you would suggest that in how you've been able to build such a great relationship um, that you could, you know, give some words of wisdom to, to others following your path? Uh, I'll take that one. I just give Sally a couple of glasses of wine. <laughs> she relaxes, and then I get. Not true. <laughs> Come on, then you get whatever you want. <laughs> we've had a wine or two, so that, that's we have. Good. We have. Uh, yeah. Um, but you but know, I think I that's think... important, Luke. It's that social aspect as well. So it's <laughs> about not just the business, the the relationship. Yeah, and I discovered that uh, uh, some of Sally's team and, and Chef Amon they they love whiskey. Now you know. I like whiskey too, and I didn't know those guys liked it. We went out one night, and we were talking whiskey, and we had a, only a couple, but uh, it was it, it's good. So you know, it, it's not all work. You've got to be able to socialise as well and and celebrate the uh, achievements that that uh, we've done. And and we went out for a meal last time. I was in Brisbane Cell, and we had a, a nice lunch. and um, And I think that's really important. There's things I do with my teams here. Uh, even on the cruise ships, et cetera, you've, you've got to get together and bond and, and uh, um, get to know each other. Yeah, and I'd reiterate that. It's very much a part of um, being a team. And one of the other things that appeals to me about Luke was that he's, you know, got a long uh, track, strong track record of um, building his team and working with his team and, and inspiring um, young chefs and new chefs in the industry. Um, and he's... Um, you know, got an Order of Australia medal for his contribution to the industry, uh, and but also uh, his appetite for excellence, isn't it, Luke, is mm, the yeah. industry awards recognising. And so that was a real appeal to me too. I'm very passionate about building the team and rewarding the team and recognising their achievements. You know, it's not mm. there's no I in team. It's not just one of us that does it, but it's all about the whole team. And so I think that's really important when we do do a launch or we do have a successful menu Um launch that we really recognise the team and everyone's involvement and that's from everyone and I make a point of you know being in the kitchen as much as I can and recognising not only the chefs that do the work but the food delivery people and people who wash the dishes all of them because it's um, you know you can't do any of it without every piece of every member of the team so um, I think that's also really important and part of that comes through socialising and you know having those fun times as well definitely. Mm. Mm. Well, I hope you have a big celebration planned when the borders so do come I. down. <laughs> um, I'm so counting on it. Comes, yeah. When it comes to the food offering in, in the acute care hospital setting, Sally, what does success look like? Obviously, you've got a lot of factors to take into account. So, yeah, what does success look like for you? Yeah, I think um, ultimately if you can focus on the end goal is the patient for us or the customer, 
um, and their experience, then a lot of the other key drivers fall into place. So if the patient's happy, they tend to eat more better nutritional intake, which is a you know driver for dietitians. They're very interested in patients' nutritional intake. You see, conversely, you see um, the reduced waste, which is often a driver for food services. Uh, and then subsequently, as I said, you see reduction in food costs, which is often the driver for um, food services and executive. Um, and greater patient satisfaction. And so success to me is a combination of all those things. And it comes from um, focusing on the patient, but looking at the food service and the patient experience holistically, um, understanding all those key drivers and the key outcomes that you're looking for. And so that's, you know, success is success in all of those things. And if you get it right, uh, then I think you'll achieve all those, all those outcomes. And what about you, Luke? What does success look like for you? Longevity. I think success is important. Um, you know, you've got to, you, you can't just uh, do one thing and then walk away. You've got to be consistent at it and do, serving a great product. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not a flash in a, pa- a pan, as it were. Um, you've got to keep performing and keep delivering and keep doing what you set out to do. And, um, and yes, it's, it's good when you get accolades along the way. But you shouldn't look for accolades. I think um, you just got to keep pushing on and do what you do. And uh, uh, as we said before, reward the teams under you and 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 have fun with it. I think so many restaurants or kitchens or operations can be too uh, too serious. You know, at the end of the day, uh, it's just food. But, but when I say that, it's just food that that's got to be cooked well. And the you know. I think what we all forget about is what goes into the food before it gets to the restaurant or to the kitchen. And you've got a farmer out there growing berries or, or a, um, a vegetable or whatever it may be. Um, so, you know, I think about that person who's gone to all that, who's got so much passion and commitment into growing broccolini, for example, or something. Uh, and, and we've got to treat that product with respect as well mm-hmm. before it, it leaves the kitchen. So, you know, there, there's so many parts to success, but, uh, yeah, it, it's got to be consistent and you've got to keep delivering. Mm. I think consistent and seeing it for the long-term, you know, yeah, long-term partnership and, yeah, not just seeing it as a one-off. I think that's – I really like that perspective. So there might be dietitians out there thinking, well, this all sounds good, but it sounds expensive. <laughs> so my understanding is that it has actually resulted in reduced costs, particularly around reduced food wastage. Yeah, absolutely. To that. Um, and, yeah, absolutely it has. And when we've um, done our research, as you know, Marie, and published that twice now, um, with the third one in the works, um, so it's relatively undisputed now, I think, that uh, the reductions you see in, in waste, um, you know, uh, then flow on to reductions in your in your costs, um, and so we've um, demonstrated that quite clearly. We've seen about a 20 25% reduction in in food costs over the years since we've implemented room service and we've made all these um, you know innovate put these innovations in place. Uh, and so to me, that's you know then the case for reinvesting reinvesting that money into things like this initiative and higher quality food for patients. Um, because as you've heard me talk about many times, you know, food is not just a nice to have in the healthcare setting. Uh, it's important that it's nice, but it's part of clinical treatment. Uh, and I'm a big advocate for really talking about food as um, and food services as a model of care in our hospital speak. Um, and, and as I said, part of clinical treatment, just as important as medications, as blood products, 
as surgery, as chemotherapy, any of those, because uh, ultimately, you know, you are what you eat. So I think it's well and truly time that food was given its place in the hospital hierarchy uh, and treated as a clinical, you know, part of clinical treatment and part of the model of care. And also don't see it as uh, getting a chef involvement or that is going to be, you know, it, it's not going to affect the food cost because I mm-hmm. think, um, um, yes, yeah, chefs do fancy stuff in restaurants and things. And, and as I said, we, we haven't changed that here. But food it should, in my philosophy, is, is needs to be simple and cooked well. So you might have a beautiful steamed bit of salmon from Tasmania on the plate with some sautéed spinach and, a, and broccolini, which is all healthy and meets all the dietitian requirements, and it might fi- be finished with a beautiful tomato salsa. Um, it's simple, it's light and tasty, and I think, uh, you know, it's also not an expensive dish. It's not as though we're using truffles, foie gras and caviar mm-hmm. on things, So, mm-hmm. so, and you don't need to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and that dish I just described is a dish that would sit in one of our restaurant menus. Um, so, so would, certainly wouldn't be scared off by, you know, getting a chef involved because I think most good chefs um, mm. are, are, are cost conscious as well. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was say. I mean, most chefs have, you know, um, often their own businesses, so they're used to that whole financial side. And if anything, can probably help you reduce costs. <laughs> yeah. And I think the cost in healthcare food services, so much of it comes from waste because of the food service models that are in place. You know, they're cooking ahead of time, they're cooking not high-quality food that patients aren't eating, so it's, you know, it's a it's a double whammy. They're not only is there lots of waste, but the patients aren't getting the nutritional intake. So, you know, it just baffles me why hospitals still have those sorts of old-school food service models. So yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. the cost doesn't it's come strange. from the food, the cost comes from the waste. Mm. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Mm. Mm. So where to from here? What do you see as the future of the innovation in the healthcare space, Sally? Uh, as Luke said, longevity is the key and we're really passionate about that as well. It's not just a you know, one-stop wonder. Um, so we'll keep doing um, new menus, looking at what our patients are telling us, getting the feedback um, from them, what sort of things they're looking for. We try to make seasonal menus and, again, to pick up on Luke's point about the cost and good produce, you know, buy seasonally, try to buy locally um, and and buy in season. It's more cost-effective and it's better quality product. And eventually a herb veggie garden and, on the roof, and, which yeah, will be even yeah. cheaper as well. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so we'd next like door to, to the helicopter pad. That's right, yeah. <laughs> between the two. Um, yeah, so we'd eventually like to have a kitchen garden. That's long been on our radar. Um, and if you look, to, as I said, to the US, some of the hospitals over there have, you know, big kitchen gardens there on their rooftops that they use. Um, so that's certainly one aspect of it um, with patients. I'd also like to see us, um, you know, talk to the Mata community up here, which is the staff and looking at staff wellness. That's long been an area of passion for me as well. You know, staff wellness, if you don't have healthy staff in a healthcare environment, um, I'm not sure what's going on. So, um, you know, working with Luke in terms of bringing all of those sorts of um, positive messaging about, you know, how to cook really easy, quick, simple, as Luke said, healthy food, good produce um, to staff who are often time poor, working shifts, things like that, and then to the broader community as well, out into, you know, that wellness message of healthy eating into the broader community. So um, long-term plans, Luke, settle in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm and looking forward Luke, to it. 
And just to, just to end our conversation, Luke, in terms of the future for you and what you see in the healthcare space, I think that, you know, there's so much focus on the aged care setting at the moment. Mm. Love to see you potentially move into that area. But yeah, where do you see the innovation in the future for um, food and the healthcare sector? Well, look, I think this for me is, uh, as I said, has been a, an eye-opening experience, a good one at that, you know, to, to understand how it all works and, and learn from it as well. Um, so I'll continue to do that and I'll continue to push for hopefully a, a roof garden and things like that because I see that as, you know, a, a, a point of difference as well. And I think you've got to keep moving forward and doing things differently and, and, and being one step ahead of competitors, whether that's another hospital or another restaurant or, or whatever it may be. Uh, so you've always got to be thinking ahead and, and working together to reach those goals and, and uh that's that's the only way forward. I sort of, you know, my glass is always half full and uh, usually of white wine, but not too much, Shelley. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. As long as it's it, good, it, Luke. Exactly. A no, nice Chardonnay. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, you've just got to be creative and, 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 uh, and that also motivates the team under you or with you that you're working with. Um, they need – you've got to forget sometimes these people who are working in kitchens, whatever kitchens they are, you, you just get into a routine and that daily routine can get quite monotonous, you know, doing the same thing day in, day out. And I think when we came up to start working with Amata, we saw a new energy come out from some of the staff there. And correct me if I'm wrong, Sally, that, mm. that you know, they enjoyed the experience of new dishes and, and new recipes and and do things differently and plate things differently. And it's not as though they were doing wrong things. It's just a way of doing different things something different and uh, you know as I said I've learned a lot through this experience and if I wasn't learning from it I'd get bored and wouldn't want to be involved so um, you know I think as long as you're still learning and there's interest and passion there you can keep moving forward. And I think if I can just pick up on one of Luke's comments about the staff it, it was really interesting I think they were certainly challenged to begin with particularly the chefs um, but you know they I think they enjoyed it so much that uh we had a bit of a lag between the first menu and the second one and they were sort of, I was getting badgered by them, you know, and Aman saying to me, the chefs want to know what's next, what's next, when are we doing the next <laughs> one? What's, you know, so they were really, you know, hungry for doing the next one and once they got into the groove of it, they, they really love it. And, and I think that, as Luke said, that's really important to inspire them to give them a new lease on life. And I guess, um, you know, the future, when, to go back to your original question, future innovation in healthcare, I'd like to see, um, you know, really... Um, the healthcare setting, to, you know, looking to attract some top chefs um, and, you know, chefs who would not necessarily think of that as a career path, maybe moving down that, um, you know, because it is challenging and it is rewarding and it's not just producing, you know, poor quality food, reheating, et cetera, because um, there's so much opportunity if it's done well and it's done properly. That I'd, I'd really love to see chefs be attracted to the healthcare um, industry as a career path. That's probably a little way off, but that's what I'd like to see, yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. that's a path you, you, Sally, have created and, and hopefully others will follow. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Mm. yeah, and we're very happy to support that. And I love all of the things that you just said, Luke, and to, like I'm a lifelong learner, so I love that that's what's driving you to do some of this stuff. And I'd, I'd like to just ask you one one more question. I always have this habit of asking another question, but um, where do you get your inspiration and your creativity from to do you are there things that inspire you? 
Well, it was always travel. I'd travel a lot and, and overseas and things like that. And, you know, when you go out to other restaurants and see what other chefs are doing and things like that, that's the experience. I read a lot. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's travel. But I also, I'm not stuck in my ways. I just know that I've got a set thing that I, food, you, so many things, chefs or people in any field, sometimes overcomplicate things. And sometimes when we put 15 ingredients on a plate, because we think it's fancy and we're using all these wonderful spices and different things, it really ruins the dish. So simplicity is key. Um, and, and it comes back to that steamed bit of salmon with broccolini and tomato salsa or something like that, that if all those ingredients are amazing and they're treated with care and respect and put on that plate, that dish to me is a million dollar dish. It, it, it's a perfect dish. So um, it, that's what inspires me to keep it simple, clean and healthy along the way. I, I get a lot of learnings from traveling as well. And I know you do too, Sally. Like I used to try to go to the US every year to get, every year to get some ideas. Have you found that your creativity has been affected by not being able to travel? Luke? Uh, me, me, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I've been pretty busy in this in this um, uh, lockdown down here. That you know, we're in day ninety four, I think, um, of our lockdown. Um, we we started with a, a takeout food, and I, what I wa- didn't want to do was our restaurant food, and um, because I felt that our restaurant food wasn't going to travel well in takeout ways. So I decided to do comfort food and we were in the midst of winter when we were in lockdown end of June and we decided to do pies, uh, a beautiful family sized beef pie, chicken pie, vegetarian pie, uh, apple pie, chocolate tart, etc. And um, we it's been phenomenal the, the that business how it how it's worked and I think how it why it worked is because people wanted comfort food. They wanted tasty food, real food. We haven't, you know, we, we're not playing around with it. It's, it's a beautiful beef pie and it's a, a lightly spiced chicken pie and things like that. So it's a point of difference. It's a modern pie. And I think that's where it's been successful. So we've been creative in doing different sorts of food. And, and you know, we've just put on uh, beautiful spring mushy peas with mint, you know, which is a beautiful, vibrant veggie and and it looks amazing and 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 that's selling like hotcakes as well so um we've been lucky to do that so i've been creative with that and then and that's exciting as well well i can't wait until the borders come down and uh get to visit your your new initiatives too at um kimpton excited about that i've been to some kimpton us hotels in the past so excited to come and visit your new restaurants and Sally I'm, I'm hoping I don't end up in the Mata hospital so I'm not going to get to try <laughs> yes. your yes. menus but um, maybe we can have lunch there sometime sure. but we don't wish that congrats- on anyone <laughs> no congratulations to both of you it's such an exciting initiative and I, I wish you all the best for a long-term partnership and can't wait to see what what's comes next and thank you for sharing your journey with us today I really appreciate it great Thanks thank you To get all of the links and resources we discussed through this episode, you can go to dietitianconnection.com slash podcasts. And if you'd like to support the Dietitian Connection podcast, please leave a review for us and a rating on the Apple Podcast app. Tell us what you thought about this episode, 
what you learned and share your guest requests for us to consider for future episodes. We really value hearing from you and we really value your feedback. So please, please hit that review button. 